God had been silent for 400 years. We knew because we were listening, in a sense. My job, my job is to listen. You wouldn't call a person that talks a lot a wise man, would you? No, you'd call them many, many, many things, but a wise man wouldn't be one of them. My position is to look for signs everywhere. A star, for example. I can look at a star and watch it and wait and see what the star is trying to tell us. I read one time of a star that would announce a new king. And then one day, there it was. A beacon in the night. A star-like, unlike any other star I'd ever seen before. And so, I followed it. Several of us, we followed this star. It was bizarre. The star would lead, it would move, and we would follow. Our journey took two years, and it led us to Judea. And then the star stopped. It just stopped. Shining down over this small cottage, our journey ended not at a palace for a king, but at a home for a peasant. This was it. I mean, we gathered our thoughts, we gathered our gifts, we did all that we could do to contain our emotion. And behind those doors was a new king. A king that could command the stars in the sky and yet chose to dwell among us. A king that spoke and the word became flesh. God was finished being silent. That night, we knelt. We bowed down before this baby boy. And each one of us laid gifts at his feet. We had to, we couldn't help it. 400 years of silence broken by the cries of the Son of God. We participated in uh, Operation Christmas Child at our church this year and uh, you'll see some of the kids that in the past have received their gifts and, and what it looks like and uh, when they pass those out and just the joy on their faces and, and maybe you've heard of Operation Christmas Child before but it's that deal where you pack shoe boxes and then they send them over to kids all over the world that uh, maybe don't get much at Christmas or maybe haven't even really heard of it that much or know what it's about and, and they not only get this gift but they get the gospel and it's a really neat ministry and all but you know something that I've wondered sometimes is as they are receiving these gifts, as they're being handed out, does anyone over there stop and say, why? Like, why do those people who send these things bother? Why do they care? Why do they send them? I mean, maybe the kids don't ask that question. Uh, maybe the volunteers that help with that don't ask that question. But surely some bystander somewhere, some parent that, whose child brings home this shoebox just says, why? They're not from our community. They, they don't know our kids. Why would they do this? Why would they care? 
And I tend to think that that might be just a, a, an inkling of what they experienced, what they felt like in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago when, when this caravan arrives in town from the east, you know, and they're riding on these camels or, what, you know, whatever it looked like. And, and maybe that wasn't so unusual. I mean, you know, I'm sure that trade and stuff happened from the east as they brought spices and silks and things like that that they wouldn't have in Jerusalem. But... But to have a caravan like this arrive, not coming to sell something, but coming to give something, was odd. And, and to come into town and to say, you know, we're looking for your king. We've come to worship him. And those people that are there aren't even doing that. And, and I just wonder if some of the people are like, why do you care? I mean, even if there was a Jewish king born, wouldn't we be the ones that would be worshiping him? Not you from way off in Timbuktu, you know? Why would you even care? In fact, we read in uh, this account of the wise men is found in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2. And, and we read in, in verse 2 that... They asked, where is the one, this is the wise men speaking, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And like I say, I'm sure that there were some people that were just like, okay, why do you care? And in fact, we're told that when King Herod, the king of the Jews at that time, heard this, he was disturbed or troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. I'm sure they were, I mean, why? Why would you come and worship our king? And, and why do you know about this and we don't know about this? And, and just a whole host of questions, but surely at the top of everyone's list, or at least near the top of everyone's list was, why would you care? You're not even from here. You're not one of us. And yet we're told that they came to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Or if you were here and you saw the little countdown video earlier with the, uh, Christmas according to, to children, my favorite one was the one where they said it was gold, frankenstein, and myrrh. <laughs> that would have totally changed the Christmas story. Uh, but they came and they presented him with these gifts they did I mean it should have been Herod it should have been all of Jerusalem it should have been all of Israel there at his feet but it was these outsiders these people who everyone was thinking why and so I just want to suggest to you tonight kind of my the main point that I in this little short deal that I'm sharing tonight would just be that a reminder for all of us, wherever we are in our faith, that it is outsiders who are most likely, even more likely than insiders, to give Jesus the worship that he deserves. It's outsiders who are more likely than insiders to give Jesus the kind of worship that he deserves. And it's always been that way. Yes, it was that way at his birth. 
And then as he grew older and began to do ministry, we saw time and time again, example after example, it's the Roman centurion, the outsider for sure, there in Israel, who comes to him and demonstrates such faith that Jesus said he hadn't seen such faith in all the rest of Israel as he saw in that centurion from Rome. It was the, uh, the Samaritan woman. I mean, Jews didn't like Samaritans at all. Much less their women. Much less a woman like this woman who had left behind a, just a trail of relational disasters. And yet, Jesus takes time for her and she's drawn to faith in him. And not only that, but brings her whole town full of Samaritan outsiders to faith in him. It's the, the tax collector whom all of Israel hated, who was climbing up in a tree just to get a look at Jesus. It's these outsiders that were drawn to Jesus. And it was them who were most likely to give Jesus the worship he was due time and time again. And it was the insiders who eventually cried out, crucify him. And it was the criminal on the cross, the outsider, next to him, that said, Lord, and he put his faith in him. And, and then we fast forward, you know, and, and Jesus died, and he was buried, and he resurrected, and we've got all kinds of evidences for that, not least of which is the incredible spread of Christianity in such a short span of time after this all based on the proclamation and the eyewitness accounts that he had in fact resurrected from the dead. And again, even though the apostles, those that had witnessed all this, went time and again to the Jewish people, the insiders first, it was so often the outsiders that responded in faith. The Greeks and the Romans. And then you fast forward 2,000 years and here we are. And, and so often again, I mean, we hear of great revival in China and in Iran. And here in America, sometimes we feel like the church is on retreat. It's the outsiders who time and again are most likely to give Jesus the worship he's due. And so what I want to say to you tonight is, first of all, to any outsiders here tonight who, uh, you know, if, if you're one of those folks who's like, you know, I'm just not a very churchy person. You won't find me in a place like this very often. Christmas Eve is about it. Uh, you know, I'm just not that comfortable here. I, I don't feel like I fit in in places like this. You know, to the outsider who says, you know, I'm not good enough to be one of those Christian people. I just, you know, it's not my, it's not my thing. I just want to say to you that, first of all, if you haven't found Jesus attractive, you maybe haven't met the real Jesus. Because the real Jesus was constantly drawing outsiders to him. And the insiders were the ones that often felt put off by him. And so if you've ever felt put off by Jesus, then it's possible you just haven't met the real Jesus yet. And I would encourage you to look at what we have about Jesus and decide for yourself and if you would say that one of the reasons I'm an outsider is because I don't like the insiders, you wouldn't be the first one to feel that way. And again, it's oftentimes the outsiders who are more likely than the insiders to give Jesus the worship he's due. And we insiders need outsiders coming in 
Because they're so often the ones that do give Jesus the worship he's due and they remind us of what that looks like. And we need that. Don't we insiders? And to the insiders for just a moment, really all I want to say to us is may it never be said of us that God had to go looking far, far away to find somebody who would give him the worship that he deserved as he did on that first Christmas so long ago. May it be said of us that our hearts didn't get hard, but that we were quick to fall on our knees and give him the worship that he deserves. Tonight, we're going to worship just a little more at the feet of this king. We're going to sing a song in a moment. As we do that, I just want to invite, especially any outsiders with us here tonight that maybe haven't ever taken that step of faith in Jesus Christ. Would you be willing to take a step of faith in him tonight? Or maybe you just want to start a conversation and you can fill out one of those connect cards and just give me your email address or a name and I can find you on Facebook, whatever. And let's start a conversation about it. And maybe you've got questions and I'd love to help you explore those questions and and find out more about who Jesus really was. But would you come with us tonight and give him the worship that he deserves? This one who was one with God and yet took on flesh and became one of us for our sake. He didn't have to do that. He did. So come in. In spite of us insiders, if you have to. But come in and worship the king with us. Come, let us adore him. Let's pray together. Father, We worship you. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the incredible truth that as we read the gospel accounts, we see time and again how it was the people everyone would have least expected who were quickly finding their way to Christ. And may it be so again in our day and in our time. We love you, Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.